ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. We are continuing on through our Respectable Sins Bible study, and today we come to the topic of envy and jealousy, and we'll kind of go into a few other things that the author brings out in the book Respectable Sins uh, by Jerry Bridges. So this year we have been kind of going through this study using that book as kind of a foundational launch point as we look into some of these sins that we tend to brush under the carpet thinking this isn't such a big deal or maybe like oh it's just it's a little pet sin in my life I don't need to worry about this or do the work put in the due diligence to root this out of my life it's not that big of a deal Um, and as we are going through this study we're realizing it is a huge deal because as we've said so many times before any sin uh, is is an affront against God against the character of God at any time we make room in our heart for sin we are we are dethroning God we are taking him from the place that he should have and we are setting up an idol in its place whether that idol is envy or jealousy or bitterness or pride or these different things that we've talked about, we need to root these things out of our hearts, out of our lives, and to always be becoming more and more like our Savior. So I want to start off with reminding you of the verse that we've kind of taken for this study. Psalm 119, 133 says, Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Let's, let's just make that our prayer. Let us, let's make that our prayer. We've done it to this point. Let's continue on as we look into the sins of envy and jealousy, um, competitiveness, some different things like that as we jump into this, I, these, this realm of sins, kind of grouped together as they have a lot of the same idea kind of to different degrees. We'll look at that in a minute. But let's ask God. Order our steps in your word. We're going to dive into God's word. I've got scripture for you today. This is not Brittany's opinion. And once again, this is not Brittany's wisdom on, oh, I've mastered these sins in my life. So let me tell you step one, two, three of how to conquer it in yours. Ladies, we are going through this Bible study because I need it. I need this in my life. I need the transforming power of God's word to wash over my sinful heart and to change me. And you guys get the overflow of that. You get to just sit and listen in to all that God is doing in my heart and life. So let's jump in to this topic. So as we're getting started here, um, I I think when I first came across this envy, jealousy, and kind of some related sins, you know, we've said before, we come to some sins and we're just like, oh, I don't deal with that one at all. And then we study it out and we're like, wow, that like has a huge um, stronghold in my life. But this one, when I came to this one, now I wasn't immediately like, oh, I struggle with this so much. Um, rarely do we ever do that. Rarely do I ever do that. We like to think of ourselves as um, so much more righteous than we really are. But when I did come to this one, I was like, okay, well, maybe I can see some tendencies of this in my life. And the biggest area that first comes to mind, I think for women, as we talk about envy and jealousy is social media. So I have a whole nother podcast episode coming later addressing 
social media and and the balance we need. I just read a really good book that has convicted me, and I am processing through all of that um, before I, again, share the overflow with you all. But um, this area of social media, it can be such a wonderful way to connect with people, to pray specifically. I, I try to use my social media in that way. If nothing else, I try to use it to give me an update to pray. So totally sidetrack. But um, every night when we do our family devotional time, we have a ring of missionary cards, different people serving the Lord around the world, and we have their prayer cards and I love that social media allows me to keep up with people all over the world and to know exactly how to pray for them in real life time. This is an issue they're struggling with. I saw it on Facebook. I saw it on Instagram. So when we're going through our family devotions and I'm a lot, I'm on social media a lot more than my husband. So usually he's leading and he'll look at me and be like, mama, what have you heard about the Curtises in Africa? What have you heard about the Housers in England? I can be like, hey, I just saw on their Facebook. They're struggling with this. They're asking prayer request for this. And we can bring that in to our family prayer time. I love that aspect of social media. But there is an aspect where we have to be so careful in regards to this sin specifically. So let's let's bring it back to topic. Envy and jealousy. It allows us a glimpse into people's lives, into people's homes, into people's um, wardrobes, into their vacations, in just a very intimate look that we never had before the introduction of social media. And it's kind of one of those things. I think it's it's like my big purse. You know, once you get the bigger purse, you will never Never go back to a smaller purse. It's just, it, it's life-changing. <laughs> That's how it is with social media. It's changed the way the world operates. It's changed the way our minds operate. And now that we're in it, it's really hard to pull back. And, and it, even if you individually pull back and do you know what you need to do in regards to social media, it, it's the way of the world. The world is just socially connected. And I think we need to be so careful in that, that we guard our hearts in regards to this envy and jealousy. So when I came to this one, that's the first place that the Holy Spirit put his thumb on my life. Because I think how often am I scrolling and I'm like, oh, I really like her dress. I wonder where she got it from. Oh, she got it from here. Oh, it's on sale. Well, I really need that dress when I probably didn't need that dress, but it looked really nice on her and I want to look nice. And you know, there's nothing wrong with asking for, you know, where did you get that? Or, you know, different things. Uh, People do that to me. And I love sharing some of my favorite things with you guys. They're probably my favorite things because somebody shared it with me, but it can quickly become this, this covetous, this envious, like, goodness, she looks way more put together than I am. And and so you start comparing and then you start to feel these feelings of envy and jealousy, like, well, I want to look like her or look better than her. Or, you know, I mean, we we can't afford that vacation, but I really, I wish we could look what they're doing. Well, it's so unfair. And I think that's, that's where it really comes back to you, ladies is when we start having this heart of it's unfair. Why God? Why does she get this or that or all these blessings. And here I am stuck in the same trial that I've been in for X amount of years or whatever. And and I've been there. I don't say that casually and flippantly like, oh, just get over it and be thankful for everything you have and 
be thankful for everything that somebody else has. I've been there. I've been the one who is receiving less or who is struggling through something and who has looked and seen the people that are basking in the blessings. And I've been the one that has been envious and who has been jealous. And again, this is coming out of my own heart and my own wrestlings with with trying to obey God and glorify him and to, to get this sin out of my life. So let's look at this. What is envy? The author describes envy as the painful and oftentimes resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by something else. And again, like I said, that's where social media ties in. We we often aren't aware of the advantages of others until we sit down and scroll and all of a sudden we're bombarded with, you know, that highlight reel. And we always talk about that where on social media you can present the best of the best. And that that's all that that the viewer sees and it is so easy to become envious and think, well, they just have everything perfect. Um, when it's usually not like that behind, you know, the cute few little still images. Um, but, but this awareness makes us resentful of something that someone else has. And I thought it was really interesting how the author brings out that we're usually not envious or jealous of somebody that has nothing in common with us. Like, I'm not jealous of, you know, some high political office person. I desire no political office. I'm not sitting here like, oh, I sure wish I was president of the United States. Um, I don't want to be president of the United States. Um, So that's not something that I'm jealous of. You know, I'm not sitting here like, well, goodness, she's climbing the corporate ladder. I wish that, you know, I could. I, I don't really want that for my life. That is not an area of jealousy. But insert jealousy when I see another young mom with littles who just seems to have it all together. And her kids, you know, again, that highlight reel, her kids are always just sitting still and listening. And I'm sitting over here trying to wrangle my banshees. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Apparently, you know, I just wish I had everything perfect like she did. Or, you know, like we mentioned the vacations. Maybe you're in, in a financial struggle and you want to do something with your family, and, and you're watching all these other people around you. We're just kind of coming out of this summer season, watching all these people around you taking all these elaborate vacations, and here you are, you know, kind of in the same boat, you know, middle uh, income family, trying to serve the Lord, trying to work and be a faithful steward, but for some reason, they can pay for a week at Disney, and you can't. Ensues jealousy and envy. Um, and and we just have to be careful of that. And sometimes, we, the author said, we may not even want the better circumstances of our neighbor or friend. And maybe, maybe you don't want a week at Disney. But you just resent the fact that they get that opportunity. And I feel like that, that sounds so harsh. Like, okay, bring it back. I'm sitting here thinking me. Okay, to actually say those words out loud, like I really didn't even want what they had. I'm just aggravated or resentful that they got that opportunity. And, And that, the reality, I've had that thought. I've had that in my heart. Like I said, saying it out loud, that feels, that feels really harsh. And I even like cringe to say that on here that like I've had those thoughts, but let's all be honest. I think we've all had those thoughts before of why, why is it her? Why is it not me? Maybe not even wanting it to be you. Um, but, but it's just, it's our sinful flesh. I think of the song prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. We are so prone in our sinful state. Our, our heart is desperately, 
desperately wicked. And our thought life is something that we will never conquer this side of heaven. We will constantly have to battle with the world and the flesh and the devil and the hold that it wants to take over our minds. We have to bring these sinful thoughts captive um, and keep God on the throne of our hearts and of our minds. Um, but but when we're talking about this envy, we, we've got to guard against this. Leading on to jealousy, he defines jealousy as intolerance of rivalry. So he gives some examples. And sometimes when we hear the character aspect of God as being jealous, we think, well, isn't jealousy bad? Like we know that God doesn't have bad attributes, but like how exactly does this work? So there is like a righteous jealousy. There is a a legitimate reason for jealousy. And he gives the example, if somebody's trying to take away your spouse, someone's trying to win the heart of your spouse, ladies, Simeon Brazel is mine, nobody else's. And if somebody came after him, you better bet. I would be jealous because he is mine. And rightfully so, God has given us that in a marriage. And the same thing with God. God says that he is a jealous God. He does not tolerate us to worship anyone else but him. It's because it is rightful. He deserves that. He is the only one that deserves our worship. He can be jealous of it because he is the only one that is supposed to have it. So God can have this righteous jealousy, but sinful jealousy occurs when we are afraid that someone is going to become equal or even superior to us. And again, I'm just cringing thinking about my own life and my own thoughts. But I think if we would examine our hearts, use the scripture of God's word and illuminate our hearts, I think we would all say that there have been times where we are jealous that someone, again, maybe same kind of lot in life, same area of us, same qualities and attributes and in the same stage. And then all of a sudden they get promoted. They get, you know, the raise, they get the ministry position, they get, um, you know, all of the admiration of people, they get all of the friends. And then here we are doing the same thing, faithfully plugging along. And where's my accolades? Where's my, you know, clapping hands? Why, why was I passed over for that? And, you know, we think of uh, Saul. God gave the example here. Saul was not jealous of David when David was the little shepherd boy. But as David started his ascent to the throne, that's when Saul became jealous. As Saul started to see David as an equal, but not even as an equal, as God is moving David to a superior above Saul, that is where Saul derailed and allowed envy and jealousy to completely wreck his life. So much so that an evil spirit, it says in the Bible that the evil spirit oppressed him. I mean, just, I can't imagine the, the, the fall of King Saul. You know, it it said that Saul started out he was head and shoulders above everybody else. He was, uh, he had charisma. He was a, a, he could have been a good king had he stuck with the Lord, had he kept his heart in tune with the Lord and he wouldn't be king forever. Someone would follow him. And, you know, if he would have been a good king, maybe it would have been David and not one of Saul's children. Um, you know, we could digress there. But anyway, the, the reality is that Saul allowed a sin to have dominion over him. And it was that sin that wrecked his life, wrecked his family's life. And sin never stops with just you. It always trickles down to other people. 
And I think when we're battling with this jealousy, with this question, like, why God? Why not me? Do you see me? Do you see what I'm doing down here? Like, I'm trying to be faithful and I keep getting passed over. We need to remember the sovereignty of God. And this is something that I'm trying to wrap my mind around. And I just don't know that I'm ever going to fully grasp. Okay, let me rephrase that. Never going to fully grasp this because my my mankind, my, my human brain cannot grasp the sovereignty of God. But the truth is God orchestrates everything for a reason. He is sovereign. He rules over all. He gives us the exact talents, abilities, gifts, spiritual gifts, all of these things. God gives it to us for a reason. And, you know, maybe, maybe God has, a, man, oh, goodness, I keep correcting myself here. Not maybe. God If he elevates someone and not you, he has a reason for that, for them and for you. And we have to rest in knowing that whatever he does with us is best. It is his best, maybe not our best, but it is his best. And that's really all that matters. The author says, we must remind ourselves that he determines not only what abilities we have, but also the degree of those abilities and the blessings that he will bestow upon their usage. And as we are, as we're Christians, as we're Christian women ministering in, in churches, united with a body of believers, Paul gives that whole discourse on, you know, hey, foot, don't be envious over the eye. We could see, you know, hand, don't don't envy the ear. God has created you with a very specific purpose. If we were all ears, we'd get a lot of hearing done, but we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't see anything. We couldn't speak. You know, if we were all mouths, we couldn't hear. God has created his his body of believers, God has created individual people with all these different abilities, all these different gifts, all these different aptitudes and personalities to unify within a local body of believers, to be his bride, to fulfill the great commission as we all bring our own unique abilities to the table. Not everybody's going to be able to teach a children's Sunday school class as great as you know, Jane. And not everybody's going to be able to sing in the choir like Mary. And not everybody's going to be able to, you know, minister through hospitality like Sue. But combine those three women together and you've got a pretty good ladies ministry going on in your church. Ladies, we've got to find our place and find contentment, not looking at others, looking at Christ. I read this book recently, um, talking about kind of comparison And comparison is something that feeds into the sin of jealousy and envy. Um, But she talked about a measuring cup a lot. You know, a measuring cup, when you're sitting in it, I have a glass measuring cup. And it sits on my counter, and it's got all these little lines. And, you know, it says when it's sitting up just collecting liquid, you see the lines clearly. You know, here's a fourth cup, half cups above that, three-fourths above that. We have this measurement system. But when the glass is doing what it is intended to do, which is not to just sit there and hold liquid and measure, it's intended to measure so that it can then pour out. When the glass is turned sideways and it is pouring out the liquid, that's what it's supposed to do. And when it's turned sideways, no longer do you have lines of measurement. They're just lines on there. They're not showing the measurement. It's sideways. And, and her point was... When we are doing what we are supposed to do, which is pouring our lives into others, ministering to others, sharing the gospel with others, 
becoming Christ-like and spilling that over into those that God has given us to influence. When that is our goal, when that is our focus, we don't see those measuring lines. I'm not saying, oh, well, why am I just a fourth a cup when she's a half a cup? No, there is no measurement because I'm busy doing what I'm supposed to do. And I love that just gave me like a mental picture that I haven't been able to get out of my mind as I think about this. Lord, let me be a measuring cup that is pouring out, that is pouring out, that is just focused on doing my job getting out the gospel and to not be sitting there, you know, all pious with my lines be like, oh, well, you know, I got more than she does. Oh, but goodness, she's got more than me. Oh no. What do I need to do? How do I need to change? How can I be more like her? No, I need to be like me. Be like me. Be who God's created me to be. Rest in his sovereignty. Trust in his sovereignty and just be faithful. Just obey him and follow him and the thing that he has given for me. In the book, it says, God has a place and an assignment for each of us that he wants us to fill. Some assignments garner more human recognition than others, but all are important in the plan of God. We have to let God deem what's important. That's not our place. It, it is God's place. And wherever he has us, that that's where we serve. Nothing should be too small. Nothing should be too great. Wherever it is that God has, may we just humbly and willingly submit and say, yes, Lord. Yes, I will do that. That leads us into talking a little bit about competitiveness. So competitiveness, it gives the idea of this urge to always win or be the top person in whatever our field of endeavor is. Now, I am not a sports person like one iota. If a ball is coming at me, like I, I get this like anxiety rushing in me like, oh no, it's a ball. Um, just, <laughs> oh man, sports are not not my area. Um, but I am a perfectionist. When I was younger, that was in my grades. Um, you know, then as I'm now into being a wife and a mom, that often crops up in my homemaking and in being a wife and being a mother, I want to be perfect. I want to be perceived as perfect. And that's just being raw and real and just honest. Um, in my flesh, that's what I want. I, I struggle with, with being vulnerable, with realizing that my perfection is so far from God's perfection. And the perfection that I am striving for, one, it's not attainable. And it often leaves me with burnout, with frustration, with, with actually being less effective with my husband and children because I'm so frustrated that I can't be this perfect image that I've set up in my head. So that, that is an area of competitiveness that I struggle with. And I do, I think that's why the Holy Spirit put his thumb on this area of social media, because I get on there and I see, well, well, she just like, you know, did great at, at homeschooling. Look at that idea. Or look at her house. It's so beautifully decorated. Or look at that meal she made. Oh my goodness, I need to go learn how to make, you know, some gourmet dish. Or, oh, look at the, the word, you know, the write-up that she put about her husband. That's just, that's so sweetly said. Like, why can't I come up? And then I start just having this competitiveness. Like, oh, I have to be better. I need to write a better post about how much I love my husband because so-and-so did a really good post about how they love their husband. And, and that, that, that sounds so silly as I say this, like, what? That's my motivation behind writing a post about how much I love Simeon? And all, all of this just keeps coming back to, we've got to learn to accept the way that God's made us. I have strengths and abilities that you don't have, and you have strengths and abilities that I don't have. We need to just throw out the idea of perfection and just embrace the idea of faithful, whatever God has 
has gifted us, whatever people and opportunities and things he's put in our path, I'm just going to be faithful. I'm going to do my best. You know, throwing out perfection doesn't mean, well, I'm just going to sit back and be content with, you know, just a mediocrity. No, but I need to realize that it's not man's idea of perfection. It's God's idea of obedience and faithfulness. That's what I need to pursue. And I think if we're doing that, that alleviates these feelings of competitiveness and then competitiveness leading to jealousy and leading to envy. As we wrap up this episode, I just want to read you some different scripture verses that God has written about jealousy and envy and what God says on it, because that's that's what matters. At the end of the day, it's not my ramblings. It's not even my um, vulnerability of my own personal struggles. It's what God says that matters. And it's only God's word that is going to be the transforming power. You may hear me share something and connect with that and, and feel some remorse over maybe something that the Holy Spirit's bringing, bringing in your life. But the only thing that's going to bring lasting change is God's word. So what does God say about these sins? In Proverbs 6, 34, it says, For jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. Proverbs 27, 4, Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous, but who is able to stand before envy? 1 Corinthians 3, 3, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Galatians 5:26 Let us not be desirous of vainglory provoking one another envying one another James 3:14 through 16 But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts glory not and lie not against the truth This wisdom descendeth not from above but is earthly sensual devilish For where envying and strife is there is confusion and every evil work Wow that last verse in James, oh my goodness, um, it, it says, don't glory, don't lie, don't don't allow Satan's lies to usurp the truth of God's word when it comes to envy, when it comes to jealousy. Thus wisdom descendeth not from above. That that thinking doesn't come from God. It is earthly. It is sensual. It is, it is self-focused. It is world-focused. It is uh, devilish. It is of the devil, that kind of thinking. For where envying and strife is, because usually this envying, this jealousy leads to strife with other people. I can't minister to the lady that I am envious and jealous of like I should. It, it enters strife. Maybe not even strife in, in an actual physical sense, but maybe there's strife in my heart. Like, well, I'm going to minister to this lady and not that lady because I'm jealous of, you know, whatever. Um, and, and in that comes confusion this, this war within our hearts and within our minds and every evil work. Ladies, let's just ask God to illuminate this area in our lives. And if there is any root of envy, jealousy, competitiveness, controlling situations, anything like that, let's let's just ask him, God, help me to change. Help me to accept what your word says. And, and just like it said in James, cast down Satan's lies and Bring those into captivity under subjection to what I know to be true about you. And that is that that I'm to be that measuring cup that pours out, that's not measuring, that's not spending my time and my energy 
focused on those around me and this comparison and this measuring and then leading that into feelings of envy and jealousy, which will eat away at the heart. But Lord, let me just be consumed with with obeying you, with being faithful, to follow you, to give the gifts and abilities that you've given me back to you in service to you. So I'm just going to close this episode out in prayer. And um, I just, I pray that God will, will transform our hearts as we seek to become more like him in every aspect. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the truth of your word, and I thank you that it is powerful. I thank you that when we come to things like this, and, and that mirror of God's word shows us just how dirty and wretched and sinful we are as we acknowledge things that we've we've never said out loud. No one else knows but you know, things that we're even ashamed to admit that we've thought, that we've felt, you know, and they are sins in our lives. But I thank you that your word is powerful, that you can forgive us and that you can change us, that you can give us hearts that are not, not taken over by these things, but that are controlled by you, that are aligned with, with God's word and that we can just minister from a heart that seeks to serve you in faithful obedience. God, make us more like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.